airplane passengers, the new terrorists? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, yes, the war on terror is now being fought on a new front. Airplanes. <laughs> now, you either think that uh, this is ridiculous, or it's fear gone out of control, or it's a reasonable safety precaution against terrorism. Well, let me tell you, first of all, that there is an increasing number of incidents of unruly passengers being thrown off planes. Well, there's an, <laughs> there's an increasing incident, first of all, of, of unruly passengers and there is subsequently an increasing incident of cabin crew getting frightened and deciding that the best course is to eject these passengers. So far, they've been doing um, unplanned landings. <laughs> we might come to the day when, then, when they're literally ejecting them outside of the airplane door. Um, I, I, that's kind of a joke, but I, I, I hope it'll stay a joke. Why is this happening and what's going on and why am I talking about this today? Well, today I'm just talking about it because this past week there was the most ridiculous incident of this that I ever heard. And it points out just how terrified uh, the cabin crew is and how unprepared really in a sense they are to deal with the kinds of things that passengers do these days. I'm talking about a man, so far his name has not been released, and uh, it might not be released until, unless, he, unless some television show finds him and asks him to come on the air, I bet you, I bet you he'll come on. Um, he was on a flight going from Las Vegas to Hawaii on Hawaiian Airlines. He was 66 years old. That's like all we know about him. Well, um, there is a video of him, but you can't really see who he is. But the, at least one passenger on the plane took video as he was being escorted off the plane. Uh, in front and in back of him, there were these pretty scary looking security, airport security people. Um, <laughs> with this little guy in between. And um, what, let me, so to back up, uh, why was it, why did this happen? You, this man was, it all started out when this man got cold. Now, I'm sure this has happened to you. It certainly has happened to me. Airlines, I don't know if they have to pay for the heat or what, um, but they, they are increasingly, well, depending upon where you are, what altitude you're at and all of that, um, but sometimes for, you know, if you're flying at night, you know, and the air outside is colder, for whatever reason, they uh, oftentimes get cold. And once upon a time, when airlines used to treat us like human beings, they would provide blankets. Remember those days? Now I'm talking about uh, in coach. This man was presumably in coach, obviously in business class and first class. You do get better amenities. But um, this man was cold and he asked for a blanket and they brought a blanket. 
And then they asked him to pay 12 bucks for it. Well, he was kind of horrified and didn't want to pay and said, why should he be made to pay when it's the airline, the airplane that is so cold that's requiring him to have a blanket in the first place? Now, I totally agree with that. Uh, and, and $12 for a blanket? And apparently on some kind of advertisement of theirs of Hawaiian Airlines, uh, the price that they give is $10 and they were asking him to pay $12. But I don't think that was the issue. It wasn't the $2 difference. It was that he just didn't believe that he should be made to pay anything. And obviously he's a man who presumably has been flying um, years for years um, and at a time at least when you didn't have to pay for blankets. So he asked the cabin crew uh, to put him in touch with the Hawaiian Airlines corporate headquarters. And they did that. They brought him a phone. You know, this is all kind of interesting. Um, and that's what I've been led to understand. They brought him a phone on the plane. And he uh, was talking to someone in corporate. And apparently they were not <laughs> giving him much satisfaction. So he was getting angrier and angrier, and he said, I'd like to take someone behind the woodshed for this. Well, that uh, statement is the origin of that, is when people, people would say it, when they meant that they were going to take a naughty child out of the home, behind the house or in a shed, to spank them, to punish them. I mean, this man didn't have a, any weapons that anybody could see. And, uh, and I'm sure he, he was, in the end, he was never charged with a crime, so apparently he didn't have any weapons on him. Um, and all he said was, I'd like to take someone behind the woodshed for this. Well, this was enough to freak out the air cabin crew, and they decided, and apparently in conjunction with the pilot, um, that they were going to land this plane in Los Angeles. Remember, it was going from Las Vegas to Hawaii, and they stopped in Los Angeles at LAX, and they escorted this man with these scary-looking guys, you know, security guards. They, they escorted this man off the plane into LA, where he didn't really want to go. And um, it was, so when you think about it, for 12 bucks, they cost the airlines about $12,000 to divert the plane, to have the passengers on the plane who were continuing on be delayed four hours, and all the cabin crew for that matter, be delayed four hours. Plus, this has been a PR nightmare. It's been reported all over. And, um, and all this because he said he wanted to take someone behind the woodshed. Now, um, now what's really interesting is that they put him back on a plane. They put him on another plane it's, so if they really thought that he was so uh, dangerous, and, and yes, you know, they had people check him out and so on. They, they asked him questions, and I, I don't think it took very long for security to realize that he wasn't a threat, and so they put him back on a plane to Hawaii. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no harm, no foul, not really. I, I, this man, I'm sure, was terrified being embarrassed, humiliated, you know, angry about the pain for a blanket, then he became humiliated, then he became frightened by these scary uh, 
security guards taking him off the plane. Then he was detained. Who knows what he was, you know, maybe he was just going on vacation in Hawaii. Maybe he had a business meeting that he needed to be there for and he missed something important. I mean, this is all pretty ridiculous in, from my point of view. And um, people, people, planes need to realize that they are not really, for the amount of, well, in this case, for the $12, it certainly wasn't a savings in the end. Now, I know what you're thinking. Terrorists come in all shapes and sizes, and even though he looked like a nice guy, a harmless guy, talking about woodsheds, he could have been a terrorist. But at this rate, all the planes we're on, or so many more planes, are going to be making emergency landings when people say things that the cabin crew doesn't like for one reason or another. Now, there have been many other instances of unruly passengers uh, saying things that freak the cabin crew out. And it is a fine line um, as far as figuring out which ones will be dangerous and which ones won't. And of course, you know, you have the added, um, the added issue of, of a lot of passengers who aren't terrorists, who are just drunk and um, acting unruly. But another example of an unruly passenger being kicked off the plane is a man who was kicked off a United flight going from Chicago to Texas. He didn't even get off the ground. As the passengers were boarding and settling into their seats, he saw a Pakistani couple. And he, obviously they frightened him. You know, that, that's really, um, I mean, that's, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna talk about the basis for all of these things, but it, it basically has the number one reason that passengers are unruly is fear. Um, so, okay, so this man sees these, this Pakistani couple, and, um, and it frightens, dressed, you know, fitting the stereotype of what he um, expected terrorists to look like. And he started asking them, that's not a bomb in your bag, is it? Do you have a bomb? Is there a bomb in your bag? And he kept repeating this. And the passengers weren't really answering him. I'm sure they were appalled and embarrassed and, and offended. And um, he was asking them where they were from. And then he said, I hope you stay there. Uh, making all kinds of offensive remarks, which of course are uh, intolerable, are unacceptable. But um, so sure enough, that's what the passenger crew thought. And they kicked him off for making the other passengers, of course, the couple, and then the other passengers around um, all of them, uncomfortable. And he was disobeying crew instructions. So now, he, this isn't as quite as drastic a situation because he was in the wrong for being this obnoxious. And, um, and he hadn't... He hadn't got even gotten up in the air, so he didn't, uh, he was delayed, obviously, but uh, he wasn't dropped off at some airport that he didn't want to go to. So, um, and just like the first man I told you about, though, he was put on another plane, um, the next plane to where, to, to Texas. 
So, you know, I, 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 they probably um, questioned him too, airplane security, and told him, you know, not to be so rude and things like that. But he was obviously not a super threat or they wouldn't have put him on the next plane. Now, if you've been flying, I'm sure you may well have heard uh, something that's really common in terms of unruly passengers before the election and during the election and even now, passing because it's, you know, all of this political infighting is still going on, uh, much, much to much to my chagrin, much to the chagrin of, I think, everybody who doesn't, who don't need all this extra stress. I mean, everybody is so incredibly stressed out because, because the fighting hasn't ended uh, with the election. But, um, so there are all these political fights, people starting, starting fights, talking, you know, whichever, people on both sides of the aisle, uh, picking fights with other people, trying to get their points across and so on. And then there was a, an, a, a situation where Ivanka Trump was on a commercial flight. This was soon after the election. She was on a commercial flight with her husband and three children, young children, and she was en route to New York. Now, I, uh, you know, I, when I first heard about that, I, I couldn't really imagine why she was on a commercial flight. I mean, unless it was to sort of uh, give the impression that... Um, you know, to try to be with the people or something. I mean, to try, I don't know. I, to be honest, I can't, I mean, that was a dangerous situation and I, I can't imagine maybe the, their private jet was busy or something. I don't know. But be that, you know, that was risky, although I'm sure they had lots of Secret Service people around them. But um, it didn't call for a Brooklyn lawyer who was on the plane to start yelling at her, um, your father runs the country. What are you doing on this commercial plane? You should be traveling by private jet, not with us. And on and on and on. And obviously this was a man who had not voted for President Trump. And he you know, still wanted to, uh, to go off about it, to express his anger about the the fact of who won. But still, you would think that a lawyer would know better. Anyway, he was um, escorted off the plane as well. And I think he deserved that because talk about rude and offensive um, and someone who should know better. And then, of course, we've had um, a number of Muslims being booted off planes. There's the example um, fairly recently of a Muslim man talking on the phone in a foreign language and um, making the people around him nervous, making the people think that he was talking to a fellow terrorist and they were plotting what they were gonna be doing on this particular airplane to bring the plane down. So he was kicked off the plane too. Now on the other hand though, the other side of that, coin is that there have been cases of Muslims um, who have insisted upon women. If they happen to be seated on a plane next to a woman, they have created a big fuss uh, wanting because, you know, because they say, again, these are their interpretations. I'm certainly not saying that this is um, this is the way all Muslims are, but these particular people who were on the plane said 
that be, their religion doesn't allow them to sit next to a woman, and so therefore you should move the women. Um, and so, and the airline did. And uh, that wasn't right either. One example of that occurred in California, the Long Beach airport, the um, uh, airport in Southern California. And the, there was a big, the airport decided to uh, not let this plane, this airlines, I forget which airlines it was, but they, they, um, they said that they weren't going to let them land at that airport anymore unless they corrected this kind of procedure. So um, it, it's happening, you know, it's happening with all kinds of people for all kinds of reasons, but the bottom line of the reason is fear. Now, the, um, the, the federal aviation regulations state that no person may assault, threaten, intimidate, or interfere with a crew member in the performance of the crew member's duties aboard an aircraft being operated. Now, that's kind of broad. No person may assault, okay, got that, threaten, intimidate, or interfere. Well, you could say all of these cases, the people were interfering if, with the crew member, you know, getting the crew member annoyed or afraid, but that's a very broad interpretation of that. And yet it does give the cabin crews sort of free reign to decide what intimidating or interfering uh, means to them. <laughs> and this has been generally interpreted by flight crews as giving them to, to the right to remove any passenger for any reason. And that is not uh, the way that it should be either. Um, so why, why are we in this situation? Well, as I was saying, first of all, the reason why we have bad behavior on planes is fear. And the reason why we have crew uh, bad behavior on planes is because of fear. Before 9-11, people on airplanes were, people who had fear of flying, even before 9-11, before they were worried about terrorism. And the main reason for fear of flying had to do with the fear of being out of control. Because when you're up in the air, uh, all those miles up in the air, your, your life is in the hands of people you don't know, the pilot and the co-pilot, um, other passengers, you know, if someone, go, I mean, the, the extreme case, um, aside from terrorism, the extreme case is, and there has been, where someone will get up to try to open the, up the cabin door. So your life is in the hands of strangers. And even pilots, you know, just looking at pilots, there have been cases, and I've even talked about this on previous podcasts, uh, pilots, suicide by pilot, pilots who have brought down planes. Now, that was terrorism, but um, so you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> You're getting on this big plane, and you don't know what's going to happen. And the you don't know, of course, got to be bigger um, after 9-11, because now you do know that four planes were brought down on that date by terrorists. And there have been other planes before and after 9-11 that have been involved in terrorist attacks. Uh, bombs on planes, 
uh, terrorists, even when the bombs didn't go off, Ted, the we have the underwear bomber, the shoe bomber, uh, you know, plot spoiled, but still that we all have heard about, and that's pretty scary. So, um, so there are all these reasons. And then on top of this, planes, somebody needs, as much as I don't like government interference with things, um, somebody needs to, to, planes, the airlines have gotten out of control. And in terms of trying to make more and more money and doing so by squeezing us in the planes like sardines and taking away all our comfort items. And it makes us feel that there is no one who cares about us. The airline doesn't care. The cabin crew doesn't care. Nobody cares about us. And therefore, um, if something happened, there would be, if there was a terrorist attack or if there was an unruly passenger, that there would be no one there to protect us. So this is making people more fearful. It's causing people to do things like uh, drink more alcohol and, um, and just be, have, uh, have more of a, a hair trigger temper. You know, we're all sitting there on edge. And, and it just is making for an increasingly, increasingly tense environment with all of these things going on. Now, the, the rates of incidents of unruly passengers, it started out, now, of course, this is just the ones that are, have been reported to the Federal Aviation Association. Um, it started out, which, of course, is less than there really are, much less. In 1995, there were about 150 unruly passenger reports made. And then, of course, in 2001, it increased to 300. And then it dipped a little bit. It, it stayed again. In 2004, it was, it was um, 300 again. And so it stayed kind of high between uh, 2001 and, and 2004 or so. And then it came down a little. And, and now it's been kind of staying on the average. It's between 150 and, and 200. But in, and, and the, the last dates that they have records for are really just at the very beginning of 2016. And I believe, I'm sure when they have the statistics for 2016, with all of these, the increase in terrorist attacks that occurred then, you know, Paris and Brussels and, and all over the world, um, 26, and, and airplane disasters, at, and 2016 will presumably have uh, an, another increase in these in these reports. There certainly is an increase in in unruly passengers. So, um, why don't I go now to the ask a terrorist therapist portion of the show? Um, I have a letter that I will read to you. And I, I want to tell you to please, please send in questions, comments, things you want me to talk about. Um, and now I can actually finally refer you to my terrorist therapist website where there is a contact form that you can click on. It makes it easier. I was referring you to my uh, Twitter page, which is at Dr. Carol 
MD at D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E-M-D, which, you know, you certainly can go to that, um, or my Facebook page, Terrorist Therapist, uh, and you can mess message me through that. But it's even easier, or another way of doing it, is to go to my terroristtherapist.com website and write in your comments in the contact page. Uh, so, okay, here is a letter uh, this week. Hey, terrorist therapist, Adam here. I'm from Dallas. I have to travel a lot for work. I used to love it. And even though I fly coach, getting to see different cities and having time to myself in the air. But these days, when I get an assignment out of town, I get a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I dread flying for many reasons. There is less and less space between me and other passengers in front and in back of me. No meals or meals you have to pay for, no blankets or blankets you have to pay for. And now I have to worry about terrorists and crazy passengers. The other day I was on a flight and a guy was pacing up and down the aisle. He didn't look like a terrorist, but he scared me to death. I kept wondering what he was doing. Maybe he just had diarrhea, but he made me very nervous. I figured he was building a bomb. Then there are more and more people getting drunk and being obnoxious. It's crazy up there. Any ideas? Well, Adam, yes. <laughs> I have a number of ideas, and obviously uh, one of them is not stop flying. I'm not telling anybody to stop flying. First of all, you know, it's, it's not good. Well, first of all, if you have to fly for work, um, you might not want to quit your job. And second of all, just trying flying to keep traveling, uh, even though, yes, of course, the world seems to be getting more dangerous and people are more frightened of traveling places altogether, but um, it, would be, it would be sad to stop flying altogether. So we kind of have to figure out ways to make or to get the airlines to um, stop making things so uncomfortable and so expensive and so... Uh, difficult to have a, a comfortable atmosphere, a comfortable environment in the plane. I mean, of course, now they're batting around the idea of um, allowing passengers to have to talk on cell phones in the air. Can you imagine that? You're sitting there and someone next to you is having this long conversation on the cell phone. I mean, how do you, and you're trying to watch a movie or you're trying to, to read a book or something like that, and you're having this, this noise in your ear. I mean, there have been various suggestions on how to do that, make sections for people who want to do that or whatever, but I, I think it's a bad idea. There's something nice about having that space up there, that quiet space, except for when you have unruly passengers making noise. But yes, unfortunately, these days, there is no free lunch <laughs> in the airlines. Um, and no free blankets and no free space. Um, I, I don't even. I haven't even seen any t free toy airplanes lately. Remember when they used to give kids on planes free airplane toys to kind of encourage future parent, future parents, future um, passengers of America, you know, people to 
getting the kids to like flying so that they'll grow up and fly Delta or, or whatever other airline it is. Well, first of all, there are a lot of things that airlines should reconsider, like making some of these things uh, free again or less costly. Um, and I have actually been hearing about that. You know, it's a, some airline is going to get smart and even in coach, start giving back some of these things and they, that, it, that would be a great marketing tool. Um, but in the meantime, they should at least limit the number of drinks that people can have, at least hard liquor drinks. And they should stop uh, decreasing the space between passengers. And it's kind of ironic because on the one hand, they're trying to squeeze more seats in so that they can make more money, sell more tickets. But on the other hand, society, people all over the world are getting fatter. So how's that going to happen? How is that going to happen? I mean, you know, what? Making, they are, so they do, some airlines make people buy two seats. That's, that's great. I would hope that the free market would make a, would help the, the airlines to, to realize that they have to make some of these changes, especially when, when some airline, and I'm hoping it's going to be sooner rather than later that this is really happening, that an airline does start giving back all these things. Because when you think, and then of course, not to mention all the prices for the, you have to pay for all these extra um, bags that you put on. And in fact, one airline at least is going the other way where they're charging, instead of um, decreasing the prices for the bags, they're letting you pay less if you don't bring a bag on the plane. Well, how practical is that? I mean, more and more people are bringing, you know, are trying to get away with bringing um, carry-ons, uh, you know, ones that don't really fit in the size bag that you're supposed to have, and they're trying to kind of sneak them on. So how is this going to fit that? How many people are going to be able to come on a plane with no baggage? And isn't that a sign of a terrorist? I mean, that's one of the things that you're supposed to look for. If they're not carrying baggage, it means that they won't need anything when they get to the other end, which means that they're not expecting to get to the other end. I mean, yes, there are people on short flights who are going for business and, um, they may not need bags, they're going for a day or whatever, but it does not seem to be like the, the good solution here. So, <laughs> we've come to the end of the Terrorist Therapist Show. Um, I will t close by saying, first of all, thank you for listening. You're listening uh, to the show and I'm your Terrorist Therapist. And until the flight crews get a better education. This is the first thing they need. They need to learn. They need better training to recognize a terrorist from a man talking about a woodshed. And until they do, just make sure that you're not one of these unruly passengers, or you may find yourself landing somewhere else as they decide that you are the one they need to drop off in an emergency land.